0: Welcome to Rallen's Ram. Today I'm joined by Ross Byrne. Ross is a professional rugby player for those of you who are not aware. He has amassed 15 caps for Ireland and 104. Is that incorrect? That's incorrect. How many? Come on. Uh, 13 caps for Ireland. 13 caps. Great start. And for Leinster, according to the Wikipedia, it's 104? That's correct, I think. Thank God. Right, well, Ross, that's (laughs) That's a good start. uh, It's yeah, only uphill from here. But how are you keeping anyway? Uh, Not bad. Yourself? I'm good. Well, I've started off pretty poorly, but we're actually... As to be expected. Yeah precisely but with regards to I was thinking of opening questions I had a lot I had a lot in my brain but one of them that I was actually thinking about nearly myself as I contemplated coming out of retirement to rugby was what actually made you want to be an out half when you were back when you were four or five whatever age it was why did you pick the number 10 or if so did you choose another position and ended up being a 10
1: straight into it I like it just a bit of a deep start
0: yeah I don't really know,
1: to be honest. I was kind of, just sort of ended up always finding myself, I mean, like there wasn't even really positions kind of in the middle and trying to get the ball as much. And I was probably never very quick um or bigger than anyone either. So I was probably always pretty good at passing the ball. That was probably my biggest strength. So that's probably mm-hmm. how I ended up in that position. And then I suppose as I got older, I never really played another position. I just always knew I wanted to kind of be that position, I suppose, Knowing that the ten is kind of the one who's well has to control the game and is kind of a bit of the general to the team as well, that was always something that I
0: suppose uh, appealed to me. So I didn't really ever want to play another position. You enjoyed the responsibility because I, I was actually laughing about <laughs> the time where was it was a John Keogh told me that I was moving to prop when I'd been obviously hooker for the first few years. And I came home and actually cried myself to sleep because I was like, hooker's the second worst position on the pitch, but then prop is the absolute <laughs> worst. And I remember I came home and started crying, being like, oh, I'm one of the fat fucks, basically. And, yeah, I felt pretty miserable. And it's actually good that you touched on it there, that you actually enjoyed the responsibility of being the out half. And I think a lot of people who come out now out of schools, the top schools, especially in in Leinster's case. It's very systematic, but back maybe in our day, seven, eight, nine, ten years ago, it was very much like <laughs> retro-type rugby. Everything, like I recall when I was playing in the same team as you, pretty much everything came through you on the pitch. Like we basically were eight forwards being bossed around phase after phase by you. Do you think that kind of unstructured nature or even the responsibility you had to actually undertake as the 10 for a team that maybe didn't have the structure that current teams do do you think that kind of sped up your development and kind of gave you a great understanding of the game when you came out of school yeah, I think so. Uh, it, it's funny. I actually had that conversation
1: with, it was actually with Bomber with Brian Amarin. He, oh he always <laughs> said that. He was saying that, uh, it actually probably hindered me as well, uh, which I never really thought of, but, um, it definitely added to my probably understanding of the game and my game management, but I think, so the point that he was probably making was that it probably took away from my selfishness in the game in terms of like my own sort of like running game where trying to pull off something for myself as opposed to always trying to plot the team around the pitch, let's say, or put everyone in the best possible positions, Um, which I suppose never really looked at it that way, which is probably why I've always been categorized as a game manager than a game breaker, let's say. Um, But I wouldn't probably change it to be honest in
0: terms of it's definitely got me to where i am today and even as you allude to there that there are different types and sure i was even watching the nfl and they were talking about the exact same thing there's running quarterbacks there's passing there's a mixture did you ever especially when you say lift leave school you go into a lancer academy and you're obviously thinking right let's try and make a profession out of this let's give it a whack At any stage, especially in that early development stage, did you think, okay, I'm just going to back my game. I am good what I'm good at. Maybe need to improve in certain elements. But as you said, you saw, well, at least you understood yourself as like a game manager type 10. Did you always think and predict that that's how you're going to model your game or did you think watch maybe Quay cooper back in the day when he's doing that (laughs) no that i could be the the fast
1: quick up-tempo tent definitely not uh yeah i always knew what my strengths were and basically tried to just focus on them and obviously try to bring up the other areas but even i suppose even when i first went into when i was in like leinster school stuff i was always told i'm you're not quick or you're not fast enough and you're too weak when it comes yeah. to the weights not much has changed in that department <laughs> but finally they've kind of just accepted for, <laughs> for yeah. who i am and um, so that was all i never i always knew i wasn't going to be someone like a, a quay cooper or even dan Carter, or how he kind of Um, would play the game sure he'd play games where he'd be on the wing for half it like um, and he'd come up with ridiculous moments but I always knew that there was probably very few players who could do what I could do so I was just trying to make sure that I could do that better than anyone else could do it Um, I never tried to make myself say uh, someone that everyone else was trying to do if that it was probably what I focused on
0: yeah no well said and I'm just thinking there, trying to put myself in your shoes, albeit I am way too short and stocky and chubby and untalented to be in those shoes. But you have the acceleration. I though. do have the acceleration. Like,
1: I, I, what I'd give.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can maybe trade, but <laughs> I'm just thinking even now where. It's it's amazing that we used to always consider ourselves... well not ourselves what the fuck am I talking about but say the likes of you and everyone else in our year who went on to be pro we used to always think ah they're the up and comers they you know there could be the next big thing they've such long careers ahead of us and now it's your like approach and say the prime or the apparent prime years of your career but say when you even look back or maybe even be a built in trait is there anything that say you learned through school about the game or even how you play that just stuck with you
1: um yeah it's an interesting point like probably a lot of stuff and even like the i think the cup competition probably like it probably prepares you better than anything else because it is so ruthless in terms yeah. of like <laughs> if you lose it's the worst thing of your life, but if you win, it's the best thing as well. Yeah. And um, so I suppose that even the whole nature of that is something, but, um, and the pressure that that brings. Um, so I suppose that definitely prepares you for the pressure of professional rugby. Um, but I suppose, yeah, there's definitely traits of my game where we were even talking about it, a game we played in school and I was actually watching some of it back a while ago during the lockdown and, that's kind of like a lot of it hasn't really changed to mm. what I do. Um, a lot of it is even some from, I suppose what we were coached as well. Uh, for me, it was always kind of if you believe in the plan, just keep trusting the plan. Um, that's something that I was probably stuck to now, probably as, as best I can. And that probably hasn't always happened, particularly okay. for certain teams I've played for. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's probably one of the biggest things. Um and also a big thing which I always thought in school was um play to your strengths but try and get the best out of the other people in terms of so what are their strengths. So obviously when we were in school it was let you boys do all the kind of the hard yards yeah, and yeah. then I'd basically fire the ball out to Keane uh when we were in sixth year and let him do the yeah. running sort of thing. So that was Again, that's kind of something I probably have taken with me now.
0: Yeah, and I've had this conversation with you and also other guys who are playing at a high level, and I suppose it, it relates to back in school, playing to your strengths, as you said, with with coaches. And even now, more than ever, the game is overanalyzed in some cases. It's, it's so detailed. But do you think, like at what point do you think... The players and coaches are both. They both want the same thing. They both want to win. But say, for instance, when you've got a coach who comes in, say it's a brand new coach, or say it's an international, or even club, and I see you smirking away there. <laughs> I know but, where this is going. No, 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 no. <laughs> Hear me out. What is the like ideal nearly philosophy of the way you want that person to play? Does do you want them to say, "Listen, Ross, you're a game management type ten. We're going to suit that," or is there a certain way? You want, basically, the team to present it where you can go, okay, great, I can actually get behind it.
1: So do you mean, sorry, what would be my ideal? What do you or like do you to hear from as your a coach?
0: 10. Yeah, what do you
1: like to hear? Yeah, well, obviously, the coach is going to install their philosophy on the team and what they want. Um And obviously, oh, always a 10 is going to be a pretty big part in that in most teams. Now, some teams, they won't, in terms of the teams will be very sort of systematically structured. So... I suppose in Leinster, is a good example in terms of we wouldn't be very strict in our system. A lot of it would be left up to the actual decision makers on the pitch, um, which I think suits me quite well. Whereas if you're to look at, I'm trying to think, Bristol are probably a great example where they are so rigid in how they play. It's so structured that you kind of feel like you could probably drop a lot of players into a lot of different positions, and all you have to do is one or two jobs, and the team would probably
0: still function quite well. So, for instance, say when you have a coach, and you've had plenty of different coaches, and the nature of rugby is there's so many assistants, there's a head coach, in some cases, director of rugby's. Like, what I'm always curious to find out, and I alluded to this when I had Alex Good on the podcast all those years ago. Like. At what point does it, so every single coach and you've coached before, I've coached before, and you know, you know, the game at this stage, certain coaches have a way they want to play. They have certain type of players. They've like certain cultures they want to create. And you've obviously had tremendous successes. You've had your good days, your bad days. But I'm just wondering when say, for instance, you don't say get selected or you don't get picked for a squad or whatever it may be. At what point can you just park that to one side and go, you know what, I'm still a good player. Or if it's, say, for instance, not being selected for an Irish squad, an Irish team, does that really like make you question, just like a big defeat with a coach, does that make you question your ability to the point where you're like, am I good enough? Or is it a case where you kind of go, listen, it's this type of way that they're trying to play, it doesn't necessarily suit me, I'm just going to have to focus on, say, for instance, how I get on with my club?
1: Um, it's probably a little bit different um case to case obviously just like if you're if different coaches have say slightly different philosophies um and if they want to go in a slightly different direction you're you still i suppose you're not going to accept that so you're obviously going to try and change change their mind so you have to do something different um or else whatever makes you good make it so good that they can't not pick Mm. you i suppose um and then I suppose, yeah, more in like a week-to-week basis if you're not being picked. It's obviously, it's probably difficult. Um, I've probably been fortunate enough in Leinster that that really hasn't happened. I've missed out on big games, of course, but I probably haven't missed out too many games consecutively. Um, and I'd imagine that definitely takes a big toll on a player's confidence. Um, I suppose it's the same if you're left out from, say, international squads because you all you want to do is prove yourself but you obviously don't have the opportunity to do it so I suppose for me it's probably just you just want the next game to come around as quick as possible the same as after a loss really so you can go and prove everyone wrong and I suppose if you had a bad performance you want to try and I suppose if just put that right Um, and it's probably the same if you're not picked by a coach you want to go and
0: prove that the coach is wrong it's probably that's probably what would be my biggest mindset like that along with I'd say injury and also the big final semi-final losses is that say for instance the not getting selected for a team or not getting selected to a start is that is that the toughest part of being a rugby player yeah the losses are probably yeah they probably
1: Again, it probably depends on the situation. But, yeah, it definitely is. I mean, it's obviously a great life, but there's obviously very tough parts of it as mm. well, um, which probably a lot of people don't... It probably just doesn't really get any... It's not given any attention, really, I suppose. Um It's probably like that in everything. I mean, everyone's job, there's good and there's bad, and the bad probably just isn't really highlighted. Um But, yeah, it's definitely... Losing, for me, is the worst part by far, Um, particularly the big games that we have lost in recent years. Like, they it takes quite a while for them to go and they probably don't ever go really um, particularly games that you felt like you should have won um, it's probably a different story if you're getting blown out of the water by 50 points um, but when they're those tight games and you think it's one or two um, decisions that could have been different um, and just little moments they're probably the things that uh, I would find the hardest yeah but that's part of sport and part of life so um, you just have to get on with it and try and move on to the next one
0: and like have you developed or established some sort of like hope me- mechanism because I even remember back in school and even from coaching your brother Harry as well a loss is like it's like fucking the Tell. worst yeah, it is. it's the worst it's <laughs> literally the worst thing on earth like it's in
1: and the loss is way worse than the win is better if that makes sense as well like it is way worse than it's
0: you just have to uh, like because uh, like to be honest like and let's be upfront about this like you as a 10 like you look say last week i know you're not a huge nfl fan but the mvp aaron rogers lost a game every single person in america was saying he doesn't care he's finished <laughs> He's the worst quarterback in the league, so he's gone from being the best player in the league to the worst, and you're in a similar position. So you come on, say, against Exeter after a couple of minutes, you put in a superb performance, guidelines through a very tough fixture, and then the next round. Likewise, when you have your bad days, if you look, say, like the England game or whatever you want to pick up, I'll let you be the judge of that, <laughs> not me. But like, as in, cause when you have those bad days, nine times out of 10, the 10 is simply going to be called out, unless he has a (laughs) absolute worldy of a game. But if a team doesn't function, apart from maybe set piece, the 10 is more often not going to come under some criticism. So like, do you, are you at a stage now where you can go, ah, it's only the media or it's only some, it's only Richie Allen on fucking Twitter. But like, is there a certain point where you actually kind of think, shit, this is actually somewhat getting to me? it's eaten into my game, or are you able to just completely park it?
1: Um, it's probably something I'm used to in terms of, obviously, it, whenever the team loses the 10, it's probably going to be a little bit scrutinised. Um, so you kind of just have to accept it, really, and obviously trying to deal with it. In terms of the media, I just try and not look at it. I wouldn't be picking up a newspaper to look at it. Obviously, there'd be things on social media you would see, but like you're just trying to have to avoid it. I mean, a lot of the... I think a lot of people's opinions are complete nonsense anyway, yeah. as you know, should I say it to you the whole time? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um so I'd probably even when they're saying things, if they could be saying something good about me, I'd probably be disagreeing with them as well. Yeah. Um so you just have to I mean, people have different ways of dealing with it. Um people some people kind of just laugh in the face of it. People would take it badly, it takes time to move on, but um I suppose when you're younger you probably read into it more and you probably think kind of more of what outside noise or what like what what they think. You probably care about that more whereas now to be honest I don't really care as long as we win. Um yeah. there's even been games where we probably won and people have probably been like, geez, you were shite. Yeah. Um but it's Just kind of Yeah, it's kind of reaction. <laughs> it's funny, like even i be a big United fan and like watching them against young boys during the week and jesse Lingard coming on i probably going mental at the tv and like it happens mm. all the time and then you're kind of like jesus what are people shouting at the tv at me yeah, More like exactly, so is yeah. it like i can see probably how people react so quickly because sport is like it's so passionate i suppose and it's what makes it so good but um yeah you just have to just get on with it really like there's yeah. there's not much else you can do like i mean just move on to the next game Um I know that sounds so cliche and generic yeah, and, but like that, the, is, they're, that they're, they're, is the
0: cliche the reality
1: world. is like yeah. you can't there's no magic potion like you know what I mean Is in yeah. you just have to accept it and try and as I said prove them wrong the next time and the funny thing is if you play, if you have manned the match the next thing everyone forgets about the last thing like people's memories are so short in sport yes, it's, it's crazy it is scary like and people forget what people have achieved previously um So yeah, once you, once you have a gold game, it generally tends to go away. So probably just trying to, yeah, do that as best as possible.
0: Yeah, because it's, and we do talk about like I've spoken to about it with you, and even with some of our other friends. Like when I've when I have a shit day at work, I find out about it, and so does my team, and so does my boss. When you have a shit day at work, you <laughs> potentially have fifty five thousand people in a stadium, keyboard warriors all over Twitter, podcasts everything. So it's just amplified to the point of just madness in some cases. And then as you said. Like, if you have a great game, people will be like, oh, absolutely phenomenal. But as you somewhat alluded to earlier in the pod is like nearly when you win and when you perform well, especially with a club like Leinster, that's like to be expected. So mm-hmm. like they're nearly like, oh, yeah, they won away in Exeter, but, you know, they're Leinster. They should be able to do that. Oh, Ross Byrne was great. Yeah, well, he should be able to do that. And do you think that's something that now is the case with Leinster where you've had such great success like you think about maybe when you came into Leinster losing Pro 14 finals to Connacht to now every single time Leinster go on the pitch no matter who they're up against no matter what venue they're playing in the the expectation is even from a neutral is that they should or at least could win this game even if it's away in France or away to a top English team do you think that's something that now it's obviously not a curse because it means you're actually doing something fucking right Mm. but Is it something you're aware of as a player and then also as a squad that there is that target on your back that you are now a big, big club and a lot of teams will see you as a a good scalp if they get the W? Yeah, it's something we're very wary of, um,
1: but I think it's an advantage because, as you said, everyone wants to beat us and we play a lot of teams and for them it's probably their final but I suppose that shows how well we've probably done, um, and it also means I suppose if we if we start the game well and we get on top, that little bit of doubt's going to creep into them pretty quickly, um, so, um, yeah, I think it's probably an advantage more than anything else, um, and it's just trying to I suppose use this to our advantage, um, and not really get worked up by the expectation and also it's probably where you if you want to be at the top in your sport then that's the team you want to be playing for really you want to be playing for the team that is expected to win every game as opposed to they win a game and everyone's going bananas and it's just a regular league game sort of thing um, and then they lose the next three in a row um, so that is where you want to be so um, and I'd imagine the vast majority if not all of the players in Leinster have that mindset You don't want to be like
0: a Burnley-type football team (laughs) where you celebrate (laughs) the 3.1 win against Newcastle on a Monday night. But to go back nearly from an individual standpoint here, I and it was only when I was really thinking about this whole podcast and nearly like I've obviously known you for quite a long time and I think back to all these little moments throughout school, after school. I think about all the battles you used to have within school with other tens, competition, even out of school. I remember you and Connor McKeown was the the big rivalry out of school. <laughs> and there was a few other rivalries as well that have come and gone. Now it's obviously you and Johnny and obviously Harry as well as in the mix. And there's one or two other guys as well. But a big point of... Your career, I suppose, was when it got to that stage where there was yourself, there was Johnny, and there was also Joey in at Leinster, and there was a lot of speculation, there was a lot of people saying, this guy should do that, he should do this, this coach should do that, blah, blah, blah. Like, was there ever a time in that period, and feel free to tell me to fuck off, but... Are we getting the deadline day here? (laughs) (laughs) Harry (laughs) Redknapp outside his car. (laughs) Yeah, we might sign him. But, the yellow ties on then yeah exactly Jim White but <laughs> that was a bit on Schwarzenegger and my question is was there ever a point in that kind of transfer fiasco where you were close to saying okay say goodbye for a few years and go elsewhere or was it very much listen I'm playing here at Leinster I don't care about the outside noise honestly I'm no
1: not for the slightest like not even half a second not even half no, a second
0: honestly no There wasn't even a point where you were like...
1: I I, I promise, no. The funny thing is, I actually played more minutes than anyone in Leinster that season. Not just 10, any player. So for me, it didn't make a single bit of, like, didn't make sense at all. So you just view that as complete, irrelevant, outside noise? Yeah. Yeah. Well, sorry, yeah. There was obviously, well, not inside noise, but, like, yeah, yeah, there was a conversation and stuff. But, like, it didn't affect me at all in terms of my it didn't change my mind at all um, I was pretty happy where I was and or where I am and it was a pretty instant no okay. so.
0: no that's interesting because I've, I've I've never even got a firm answer off you for that question so we'll, we'll
1: save the details for the book will we <laughs>
0: we'll save the de- juicy details for Rossburn's biography in about 10-15 years but yeah that'll be a good chapter moving what on what we call it ah uh, I'm trying to think what would be I just keep thinking of Birch's one. What was it? Blue blood? And a picture of him just charging at someone. Some of them were the cheesiest ever. Oh I could I could think of too many. Moving on also with that, so there's obviously huge elements of a pro rugby player's career where you've got your club, you've got international, you've got lines, you've got the barbaric piss up of the barbarians. You have even Leinster. A you even have AOL in some cases. But is there a case where? And as I said, like you don't have to go into huge detail here, but you obviously have played for Leinster, you've played for Ireland. Do you like look at certain things with Ireland now? Cause I know every single week, as you said, apart from say the odds, a couple of weeks off in pre, uh, sorry, post season and when you've time to yourself to recover and do whatever you please. But say with Ireland, for instance, if you're focusing in on that, that's obviously part of the lines, the pinnacle of someone's career. And it's what everyone in the halls of the D4 school of St. Michael's <laughs> dreams of, including myself till they're smashed. But it's not too late well <laughs> i think a few would object to that but do you think that like when you look at say the irish appearances to date or even your career today, date especially focusing on ireland is there any like regret in that or is it more frustration or is it a case of just listen i did my best when you know i got the opportunities and if i get another one again i'll just take it i don't know if there's much regret to be honest
1: um like, obviously, when I started off, um, for Ireland, I actually went on a tour to Australia and didn't get capped. Um,
0: it was obviously great. The famous g- tour of Australia. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, uh, yeah. Save we'll, that, we'll, that, we'll, for we'll that. Save that. <laughs> for um,
1: and then I first cap was in November, the following November, uh, yeah. in Chicago, actually bizarrely enough against Italy. Um, and then for, so I got two caps and then for the six nations, I think I was actually dropped from the squad from, I think. And I was kind of a bit like, I suppose, yeah, has more just frustrating. I suppose I couldn't really understand. Well, I didn't agree with it, obviously. <laughs> Not biased. <laughs> um, but like, I, it didn't really make much sense to me, I suppose. Um, and then that was the World Cup preseason that summer, which was just a bit of a, disaster all around for Mm. well like the world cup obviously wasn't successful and it was probably seen and then obviously i was in the pre-season or the whatever i was played against england which was the the funny thing is (laughs) first 15 minutes i actually thought i played great yeah (laughs) um slotted a couple of nice kicks and then obviously the floodgates open we concede 50 points so after that um and then the following game, I actually was got injured in that game, so I couldn't play the following game. Not that I don't think I would have. Mm. I think that pretty much was the nail in the coffin, anyway. But um, so I obviously didn't go to the World Cup. Um, but much too from St, St. If, Margaret's. Yeah, uh, yeah. Disapprovement. Um And then obviously Joe left. Joe Schmidt left, and then uh, Andy Farrell came in, and then obviously I got a bit more of a chance there, and then there was. I was, I suppose I was picked and then I had I I didn't really get, I actually didn't get any, haven't got any starts, but a couple of games off the bench. Um, or sorry, I did have a start against England. Um, which again, naturally just seems to
0: come around every year. Yeah. So.
1: But again, I mean, I, I don't know what people said on the outside, but the, I thought the plan was implemented relatively well. We just couldn't really score, which obviously doesn't <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, I suppose I had a couple of games off the bench and then just went in different directions. So um, I suppose it's more frustration than anything. Um, but there's loads of players who are frustrated and feel like they should be in. But unfortunately, it's only the the head coach's opinion that matters. So you just have to put yourself, I suppose, in the best position to... um get yourself back in the team. Um, so that's probably just have to start with Lencer, really play as best you can there. Um, and if Lancer are successful, then you're going to give yourself a better chance.
0: Yeah, no, well said. And just to briefly ask, because I alluded to... You're there just after the the World Cup camp before it was obviously announced, and we were playing in St Margaret's with a huge Irish fan who shook your hand for about 48 seconds, wishing you all the best with the squad selection. But I don't know, I'd like you've covered most of like as you said how you thought you performed. But, like, when you think of Ireland, there is a hoodoo, and it's like, I do it Mayo or someone There's a curse on Mayo or something? Is it? <laughs> Good GA May knowledge person? there. Yeah, my limited, even though Joey's be like, you do, he's going to Mayo. But with regards to, like, Ireland, there seems to be some sort of, like, hoodoo over them when it comes For to work, up, the wor- the work I, I, well, where,
1: I think that's ridiculous,
0: personally. But, like, that's the media narrative. I'm oh, not yeah, necessarily yeah. agreeing with it, because well, yeah, there's I so many movies. But, like, parts. if
1: they probably looked at all the games, like... If you look at the last World Cup, like they played against New Zealand. New Zealand were phenomenal. Yeah. Ireland weren't Ireland also lost to Japan in the group stages, like like I know there was players playing that maybe would like they would have had starters that would have that played against New Zealand, didn't play against Japan. But like they still lost against Japan hmm. in terms of so they probably weren't they weren't performing to the level that they beat New Zealand the previous November. Whereas if they were Maybe they would have beaten them. Um. So and even the Six Nations before that was pretty poor by yeah. that team standards because that team obviously had won the Grand Slam. And then I suppose if you look at the twenty fifteen World Cup, rugby probably evolved in terms of Argentina ripped Ireland apart. Defensive systems changed after that World Cup because yeah. of how the attack was gone. Twenty eleven, it was. <laughs> the new thing of Wales are now enormous backline. So, like, they were shoving back rows in the centre back here because of it. So, they probably got caught out a little bit again by probably an evolving team and maybe were kind of shocked by it. So And further back than that, I don't really remember it than the Eddie Sullivan fiasco. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's,
0: (laughs) reboxing.
1: I don't know. Like I don't think it's... I think if they just look at it, if you look at it at a case, like, they just haven't... They've just been caught out really, I think, more than anything. I don't think it's a, a do. And also, you probably need a bit of a, a look of the draw. Obviously, because they lost, in the last World Cup, they lost Japan and they play against New Zealand. Whereas if they'd end up playing against South Africa, the way South Africa play, you probably mm. have a bit of pretty good chance. Like, um, yeah. if you kind of just kind of hang on
0: in there as long yeah. as possible. So easier said than
1: done. So like, I suppose that always oh, the look of the draw as well is obviously a big thing.
0: Fair, and one of the things I personally wanted to chat about was just as in, if you look now at the landscape of rugby and I'm not going to give you the general like what you see in rugby at the moment like where do you think the game's at because there's enough people writing shit about that you tell me you watch more of yeah, it no but it's it's every week there's someone being like I think rugby's in um, deep trouble and it's like well then why are you analysing what, 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 it every day what does day? that mean yeah what does that actually mean we need and a breakaway super league yeah <laughs> potentially but what I was meaning to ask was like back to yourself here do you and i it's not even so like myself i i think of myself when i'm say looking at my work i think maybe a year or two ahead do you ever because as you said like the best way for you to actually treat your even mental health during a like season is to go right next game next game next game if i'm subbing be good off the bench if i'm starting make sure i get my detail play well blah 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 do you ever like look beyond that and go Okay, well, listen. By the time I'm 30, by the time I retire, I want to do this. I want to do that. Is there anything in the in the Ross book to do? Sorry, Ross Burn to do list that you like? Feel like you need to achieve for you to look back in your career and go, yeah, no, that was that's exactly what I signed up for.
1: Yeah, there'll definitely be things like when you're younger. I think you definitely it's just like a, just take each day as it comes and. All of a sudden, five years go by, and you're, yeah. you're, like, <laughs> you're like, Where's my <laughs> Uh So, I think, yeah, you probably do. Like, you're probably going, Oh, geez, by the time I'm this age, I hope I've achieved this. Yeah, I think definitely. Um, you'd probably, there's definitely certain goals or mark. Well, sorry, I don't know what anyone else does, but yeah. that's what I would, I suppose, hold myself a little bit to. Um, I suppose, yeah, it's just trying to put, but you're, like, it's, it's like anything in terms of setting up a bloody pension like you know what i mean people are yeah. uh, want to know that they've achieved certain things and they're on target for certain goals as well so um i suppose all you can do is put yourself in the the best position to achieve what you want to achieve and then at least if you've done that by the end of it and it doesn't go well you've given yourself the best chance so i suppose
0: once i do that i think i'll be happy enough okay and save the actual answers for that for the book uh well you're not paying me so <laughs> if you want to set up a premium a, a revolut yeah. account <laughs> or actually get the gofundme back get the gofundme back for the exclusive Patreon. do you answers. want the details yeah, that's cool. no 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 what i actually do want to know is just one detail as in like what is the most immediate goal of yours right now where you're kind of like i, I want to get this done i want to for me that.
1: it'd be like it's always silverware for me that's how i would always probably judge my career when I finish Um so like obviously we've been lucky well not lucky I suppose in Leinster we've won obviously the last four leagues um, won one European Cup since I've been there so obviously Europe is a pretty obvious target like yeah um, so that would be huge really um, but yeah for me it would always be trophies and obviously internationally as well is always you have to get back in the team i suppose before we start winning stuff but even internationally i'd always be geared towards winning in terms of 50 caps i'd say is great or 100 caps is phenomenal but i'd rather have 20 caps and win something yeah then win nothing uh, that's how i would always judge
0: would be by winning stuff you sound like a bit of a mini Roy Keane there, being like, but you never won anything, Jamie. You never won the title. <laughs> <laughs> just judging everything. Slating
1: Villa for... <laughs> yeah.
0: Celebrating Raleigh. No,
1: I don't. But, yeah, well, that's just beef. It's also <laughs> because when you win trophies, are the best days. Yeah. Um, and obviously the losses are so bad, so um, they often lead to the best two or three days of the year yeah
0: your life lying so. getting on planes after australia tours <laughs> um, and the next minute you wake up god knows where and that's something i remember ronan o'gara talked about i think it could have been in that fucking johnny sexton documentary he did it was it was rog's documentary and he talked about and i'm always very interested to get the take on it from all rugby players all rugby coaches as well and i chatted to paul gustart on the podcast about it as well like, what actually is, if you could compare the two, you win in a Champions Cup or a Pro 14, does that, as you said, it's two, three, often one week, two week, just absolute bender where you go absolutely bananas, celebrate with all your close friends. I no, wish it
1: was two weeks, jeez. <laughs> yeah,
0: well, sorry, it's yeah. a couple of days. But does that actually withstand the test of time over, say, a devastating defeat? So, like, an example would nearly be, like, even on a low key scale would be your senior cup win in fifth year to your senior cup loss in sixth year and obviously you can relate that to whatever pro event or tournament you've won and lost as well yeah yeah sorry I know what you mean yeah uh
1: yeah like obviously the losses are like properly like gut-wrenching like so it's like devastating and um, but the wins like yeah those couple of days you have are like yeah they're class yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah. like yeah. Good. Good.
1: yeah like they are proper jock chat.
0: Yeah. <laughs> they're absolutely <laughs> gently. Kylie's like, like open up oh, Kylie's. Uh
1: no, they are like they it is, yeah. They probably do match the I suppose it's just the that's what your years it's what you've been trying to achieve. So I suppose
0: yeah the satisfaction is achieved, let's say. Yeah. And you enjoy yourself. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I suppose lastly, before we Venture into some sort of quickfire that a lot of people have been kind enough to ask <laughs> some ridiculous things. On. Can there be names attached to these? If you want, well, you actually won't even have to guess half of them. They'll be known before I even finish the uh, the question. But I suppose it'd be naive of me to not ask it, as it is somewhat an elephant in the room, and. Obviously, you're in the unique situation where you've got a brother who is also quite talented at rugby and plays the same position as you, which is absolutely insane. I can't think of many Irish people, let alone rugby players. Obviously, we've got the New Zealanders, but you obviously now are in a position where I could only imagine me working with my brother in a nine to five situation where I'd be fucking going bananas at him and be like, you didn't get your shit in on time. And I'd be like, piss off stuff like that. And I know I'm not trying to get an agenda going here. Cause I know both you Just stir uh, a little bit. more. Yeah. Stir a little <laughs> stuff in the pot, but I know both <laughs> the views of you have played uh, with you, of coached Harry and it's obviously at a stage now where he's, he's grown up, he's getting more confident. He's, you know, got a few more caps under his belt, exposure to international teams. Is there a point where you start thinking, Okay, well, obviously me and him love to chat, we love to moan, we love to celebrate, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But is there going to be a time where you're gonna to have to go, right, well, it's not personal because it will never like your job should never be more than your family, put it that way. And I sound like I sound like Vin Diesel saying that.
1: Oh my God. But right or die.
0: Yeah, exactly. But is there ever a point where you're just like ugh, this is a bit of a fucking nuisance like of all <laughs> of all circumstances to find myself in i've got my brother and you know we're about going in for that Number 10
1: and see what she said
0: <laughs> no i don't want to get it. she's on holidays uh, that'd be the podcast yeah, like in people itself always ask but not
1: like not really to be honest um kind of it is what it is like do you ever talk about it yeah, bits and bit. I suppose we would a bit. Um I suppose, funny enough, we've actually played together twice. Yeah, twelve. Which no one's. I thirteen. About. You were thirteen. Uh, I was twelve or twelve twice. Which uh, well, you're yeah.
0: Were you not thirteen? Yeah, more than number thirteen. Twelve didn't
1: fit me. <laughs> <laughs> maybe a bit more extra beef. Like, maybe he could. probably fit into it at the moment. Yeah. He's uh a bit larger. Hmm. Uh But yeah, I suppose. Sorry, I suppose even being in like a club like Leinster, I suppose is. Like, you're always going to need two, if not three, players in a position. Yeah. Um, So, I suppose there's always, there's obviously going to be times where one of us is picked and the other one isn't picked and the other person's disappointed, but there's always a good chance that person's going to have to come on. So, there's obviously initial disappointment with selection, but like, you just have to get on with it. And like, I don't, it would never be a case of like, if the other person was picked, wouldn't be talking to
0: each yeah, other. Yeah, the or dinner like, table just be late. like, be
1: trying to melt each other in training. Well, that would happen anyway. So that's normal. <laughs> like, um, and I was, yeah, like brothers arguing and fight all the time. So, yeah, um, I know that. It's just just normal. Like, it, it, it hasn't really changed anything. Um, next would be a big punch up in training. Or yeah. Scandal. Uh, a Yeah. So Burn like, punch up. I suppose um. Not giving people the answer they want. But you, yeah. It, it obviously it. hasn't really changed that much. Like, um, I don't know. Maybe the lads built. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it is different. I, I don't know. Um, but to me, it doesn't really seem that different now. Yeah. Like, obviously, if sure, maybe there'll be a selection down the line and I'll be
0: going mad, yeah, but what like, <laughs> i
1: would be going mad at anyway. Yeah. Exactly. So, no matter who's there. That's the
0: thing. Uh, but it must be also pretty cool as well. Like, yeah. No, getting it's to actually the, play.
1: That's also the thing, like we're in and out training every day together Um, and we've been lucky enough to play. Uh, Unfortunately, Harry was injured, I suppose, towards the end of last season for a lot of it, so he would have missed out on some of the bigger games. But um, yeah, like how many brothers, I suppose, get to play in a top um, professional team together Um, and also the team that you've grown up supporting where you're from. So it is pretty unique. Um, So it's, uh, I wouldn't be. Changing
0: it. Yeah. No, well said. And I suppose last thing I want to ask before... <laughs> was quick How many goals quick. Ronaldo score against Liverpool in Phoenix? No. Because that's uh, going to be a zero. Two. Is this in the League Cup or FA Cup? Doesn't matter Premier. What game it is. Premier. I'm not. is. I'm not getting into a dispute. <laughs> All I know is Liverpool won and United didn't. But last point I wanted to make was I always am intrigued to... Because it's nearly like you live... And I remember Brian O'Mara, shout out to my first ever guest. He was even saying, like, you're in this bubble you're in this nearly like truman show fictional life where you <laughs> truman are show. yeah jesus every that's, single professional rugby player is going to be like what, what the fuck i'm not truman but my point is you're in such a a bubble such a regimented lifestyle where every day every week it's put out to you by phone or whatever it may be you know exactly where what you'll be doing every week most of the time who you're playing getting fed blah 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 do you ever think beyond that do you ever think about the day where you have that dreaded moment where you go <laughs> the legs are gone head's gone and you go I'm going to retire do you ever think about that even at such I know it's a ridiculous question in many people's eyes to ask but do you ever think about what Ross Byrne would be doing what he will look like when your time as a rugby player is up do you think uh, I want to coach do I want to be a, a 9-5 to merchant do I want to <laughs> get on off the ball as soon as possible or Jesus what do you envision yeah it's definitely something that's probably changed a bit in
1: even when i was first kind of in the academy or a bit younger like we didn't really think about. or if you're I suppose if you're in college as well like you're not really when well, no. people are in college you're not thinking like what they're gonna be doing in 15 years time really i'm sure some very switched on people are <laughs> yeah. mind you and um, doesn't say a lot for us does it no, um, no. but it, it's definitely changed i suppose even lads are pretty good at pushing lads to start preparing a little bit for life after rugby because obviously we're all very wary that we're all going to have to have some sort of job once we do finish. Yeah. Um, I don't know what that will be, but yeah, like it would be... Try to do a good bit on the side and trying to put bits and pieces in place. Um so that it isn't a, just a complete shock. I'm sure it's a, gonna be a complete yeah. shock. But um, I was sitting at the head of my bed. Exactly. And I was like, what are you gonna do? As long as we don't have that situation, <laughs> I think we're in a good place. Um, but yeah I, I maybe Aspie in four years' time it could yeah, be terrifying. I'll come back and
0: you'll be like shit, I don't know what I'm gonna do. But yeah no,
1: I think a lot of lads I think also if other lads are doing stuff then you're probably gonna start feeling which a lot of lads do, you're kinda gonna go on, Shit, I definitely need to be doing something here. Um, so it's, uh, it's probably the A little, yeah, you it just, it's, it's becoming more normal, I
0: would say. Yeah. Planning and all of that. Yeah, the planning's
1: world. becoming more normal. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, that's more or less what I needed to ask what I wanted to ask there are obviously a few things that need to be addressed in the shape of a quick fire some of them won't be quick fires I'd say okay. you're going to have to so actually have we're a we're just think. continuing we're more or less continuing on which just maybe slightly more ridiculous when's the actual rant
1: coming considering it's called Rallon's rant
0: that that I probably would just leave an x-rated version of my <laughs> actual thoughts on your career and coaches and all that I'll leave <laughs> that for a separate episode but this one, like you definitely should know who this question is from. But And it's very specific as well. So the best JCT number eight you've ever seen.
1: <laughs> I know who this is from.
0: <laughs> oh, Jesus. Don't pick him. He's
1: not going to be happy. Oh, God. Do you play for Taron Europe?
0: any chance? No, 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 no. No. I know that's actually an obvious one. No,
1: I, I actually know who said it, but that's why I'm saying wasn't Conor Duffy.
0: Yeah, it was. For <laughs> no, sake. I'm saying the answer wasn't, no, Duffy. It wasn't Conor Duffy. it was Conor He did ask. He did uh, ask. I think if you're talking about
1: showmanship... I'll tell but- you what. He had the best three performances, but when he tried to nut someone in the final, it just... <laughs> that just... <laughs> it went it went downhill from there. Yeah. Hero t- to zero.
0: Fair. Uh, best coffee in Dublin. Three F.E. Even though it's 4 euro for a coffee now? Yeah. 4 euro? Should be 5. <laughs> Plus tip. <laughs> Who is a better golfer? You are Richie. Me. Okay, no comments. More consistent. Okay, yeah. I'm not going to say anything, which is quite tough in my profession. <laughs> well,
1: what do you think? I think if who's, we're basing it w- played. If we're basing who's it on... Who's won the last two times we've played? If you're
0: going by... Well, what do you mean? Who's won the last two times we've played? If you're going by the... Are you going to come up with some ridiculous no, fabrication? No, no, A yeah. lot of people say you're only as good as your last game or your last performance. And in that case, you're better. But if you're going for the quotation of form is temporary, class is permanent, I think I'd be more the latter as opposed to the former.
1: Well, I disagree because your form is only good recently since you've got rid of your 400-yard slice. Yeah.
0: So you're wrong Listen, again. That's your answer, I'll I'll, I'll respectfully <laughs> agree with it for the sake of the continuation of this podcast, but this was another one, what did you learn, well I suppose, what did you learn from coaching in the school? That's not quick fire. No, it's not, but like, if I don't ask it, these people get very upset. What did I learn from coaching in the school? Uh, I'd have only a few episodes left, so fuck it.
1: <laughs> uh, planning was a big yeah. one. Uh,
0: <laughs> starting out... Uh,
1: the old plan going into five minutes before training to Ronan Joyce probably wasn't the best uh making it. Trying to make <laughs> stuff up. Uh planning was probably a big one, learning. Um suppose it probably gave it a bit of a perspective in terms of uh how hard it actually is to coach. So if yeah. you're a player trying to take on board as best as possible or actually understand from what where the coaches come from. I suppose that's probably uh they're probably the two biggest things, is
0: fair the best comedy film you've ever seen wedding Crashers, because i could watch this over and over again yeah (laughs) kindly (laughs) kindly leave so this is i asked the same one to alex good and it's not a trick question it's your favorite coach ever so it doesn't have to be the best but just the coach you're like jesus is my favorite was he ever your
1: coach lockdown coach (laughs) (laughs) my favorite coach um, god I'll tell you Matt O'Connor was the funniest coach by a mile why his one liners were just incredible like he a stand up comedian um, I'm trying to think to, I don't know had some probably in school maybe someone like was probably up there yeah although we definitely
0: had our ups yeah. and our
1: downs
0: <laughs> so maybe not him actually <laughs> what um, about Bomber yeah Bomber would be up there as well yeah. there's so many I even keep laughing at Chuckles Gomeski as well. Or even go back Kiva. to... Michael Keeve, Keeva, actually, yeah. <laughs> what an energizer. Oh, huge energy. So, what else is there? The toughest player you've ever played against. The t- what do you mean by toughest, like, as in, like... Tough, as in, like, who Who would Sean Dice look at and go, I want him in my team? Manu Tuolangi. To Manu Tuolangi. you for a tough day when he's... Um. I'm trying to think who, who would like who would do well for Burnley up front. <laughs> yeah, he would. I don't know. He would, f- <laughs> he would just start throwing his weight around and Sean Dice would just be like Get in there.
1: Yeah, maybe him just throwing the midfield barrel through people. Yeah. For Burnley, that is.
0: Yes, for Burnley, not for a uh, Man City <laughs> no. technical team. What else is there? Oh, this is quite actually relevant considering I killed one today and it's not human related. If there's a spider in the house, do you let it live? Or are you the type of person that will kill it?
1: Oh, I just let it be. Yeah,
0: let it be. Yeah, kind
1: okay. like so. Is Harry the same? He wouldn't get off the couch. So, he just, uh, <laughs> he just honestly, <laughs> if if it crawled across his face, as long as it got off him, he'd be fine. As long
0: as it doesn't upset him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the weirdest thing you've ever seen on a rugby pitch? Oh, the weirdest. Uh... Or even funniest? Weirdest? Funniest?
1: Jesus that's uh, I don't know what the weirdest I don't know how this came to mind but this is bizarre from school we were in I think it was in sec we were playing junior game and we were playing against Methody I know this game Dan Levy was playing and we were getting smoked like we were losing like 21-0 or something like they were so much better than us and it was like just after the second half I thought I and a big fight broke out and one of their parents came on and started like hitting one of our players with an umbrella Mm, Um, good weapon and the ref basically just had enough because a few kind of little scuffles had broken out a few fights and the ref basically had enough (laughs) and just walked off the pitch and was like no game's done abandoned gone and we were like Jesus, not great there, losing 20 or whatever. So we come back, like, to whatever, kind of shake hands, whatever, go back into the thing, and, like, the coaches are kind of... Levy just walks in and goes, Yes, lads, well done, that's a draw. That's a draw. Well done, great result. And, like, I I don't think he played again till Christmas. Like, the game was in, like, October. I don't think he played again. They were just like, is this guy for real? Like... That performance was nothing short of a disgrace.
0: I actually, I, I actually took part in that game. I'll never forget that. And Skinner went bananas. Yeah. He said, we didn't actually draw the game. We're <laughs> going to go on that technically bullshit. Get out of here. Yeah, I don't know how that came to my mind, but that, that's pretty. Yeah, uh, the ref just had absolute, like, he just yeah. was like, I'm out of here. He obviously had pints, yeah. afternoon pints to get to. I don't
1: know. What I, like, the RDS, the lights going out was pretty funny as well. And oh, yeah. Jack McGrath actually tried to kick the ball out, touch and miss touch for the end of the game.
0: <laughs> Try to run after as well. I don't know if there. Yeah, no fair shouts. Is there anything? Okay, ideal scenario, and you can't do a Tom Brady on it. But what age would you like to be when you retire? How old is Tom Brady? He's like forty-five, forty-four. Oh. But he's like low to mid forties. Absolutely ludicrous. Yeah. Um, what age would I like to retire? Yeah, and don't say like tomorrow. I actually don't know, you don't know because I mean.
1: I would definitely like to go for another. I wouldn't like to retire, I don't think, in the next f- five to six years. So I definitely would like to go into my 30s, that's for sure. Um, But I don't know. I couldn't put a, a number on. Fair. I don't think I'd like to go to a 45. Yeah. Jesus, I don't I'd like to see just, that. Yeah, I think i
0: probably end up uh, in a wheelchair if that was Yeah, it. that'd be bleak. And last one is describe yourself in three words. Describe myself? Yeah, well, not me, like, obviously you. I don't know. Well, like, i describe <laughs> you in three words yeah. well. <laughs> That's too easy. Oh, describe myself in three words. Jesus. Um. Make sure the mic picks this one up then. Try and think till I go,
1: I, I don't know. Cynical.
0: Cynical? <laughs> that, I'm taking that as one. I actually I'm I'm a simple man. A simple man. Okay, fair. Well, listen, Ross, that is was that nearly five years in the making. So I want to thank you for coming on, talking all things related to the game of union, uh, Dan Levy versus Methody and everything in between. But thanks, obviously, for coming on. Hope everyone enjoys this. I know there's only a few left, but listen, hopefully this goes a long way and easing the pain, but. Berno, Ross, whatever, I will phrase you as. Thank you very much for coming on. Enjoy chatting. Thank you very much for having me. No problem.